I'm teaching some principles on Christian stewardship and the management of life in four-part series, what I'm calling What You're Going to Do With What You Got. Please take out the sermon notes that have been provided for you tonight. The Bible says that you have everything you need to fulfill God's plan for your life at this moment. So in your notes, God requires nothing from us that he has not already given. God requires nothing from us that he has not already given to us first. God gives to us directly or indirectly everything we need to fulfill his purpose. Everything I need to be pleasing to God. I have all the resources, all the gifts, all the talents that I need today. God gives. As we talked about our giving God last week, we talked about three areas in your notes. We talked about, first of all, God's power. We talked about God's ability and God's power to give. And that God owns all and he controls all. Secondly, we also talked about God's provisions. We talked about the fact that God is willing to give. He not only has the ability to give, but God wants to pass it on to us. See, God provides. Thirdly, we talked about God's partnership. God owns it all. And God wants to give, and God does give. The reason God gives is God gives so that we can also give. So that we can give and pass it on to others. See, we are to be channels and rivers We are to be vehicles to carry God's gift to others. We are a river to pass on what comes into our lives. God gives so that we can give. See, God so loved us, he gave his son to suffer and die on the cross for us. And our sins are forgiven. And therefore we can give because God has given to us. In your notes, I have a quote there, I've used it before, from Henry Varley. This quote changed the life of a man who changed then the life of hundreds of other people. So please read it with me together, out loud. The world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through and in and by the man who is fully consecrated to God. See, D.L. Moody, a layman, heard that statement when he was in Dublin, Ireland. It changed his life. So there's a principle that I want you to learn from this layman. In your notes, his availability outweighs his ability. His availability far outweighed his ability. Anyone who knew this man knew that this man was was a man who understood that he fully committed himself to God so that God could flow through him to other people. See, do what D.L. Moody gave his life to Jesus Christ in the back room of his shoe store as he talked with his Sunday school teacher. You may have remembered that D.L. Moody prepared to become a member of the church, but he failed his entrance requirements three times. But they finally let him in, and then he started inviting all his friends to come in too. 
in the 1800s, they had a practice that they would rent the church pews out. So D.L. Moody would rent a pew and fill it up with people. He would rent another pew and he would fill that up. Finally, he was bringing children to church and they wouldn't let him do that anymore. So D.L. Moody started a Sunday school on the shores of Lake Michigan in Chicago. And as a layman, he had in his day the largest church in the world. Those words by Henry Varley continued to change the heart of this man who then changed the lives of hundreds and thousands of other people. The world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through and in and by the man who is fully consecrated to God. So what you going to do with what you got? Not what you going to do with what you wish you had and not that what you're going to do with what you want to have, but simply what you're going to do with what you got. Remember, you do have enough resources in your life today to fulfill God's plan at this moment. In the story of Scripture in Acts chapter 3, I see Peter and John going into the temple to pray. And I see that God blessed them And then God channeled his blessings through them. So this evening I want to share with you eight characteristics that givers have as God uses them for blessing others. In your notes, number one, God blesses people who are doing the right things. One of the things you will see in the Bible is that God always is using people who are doing the right thing. Look at Acts 3 verse 1. It says, one day Peter and John were doing what? Going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. They were doing the right thing. In your notes, the right thing was to do weekly is to, in your notes, worship. There seems to be a relationship between doing the right thing and going to church and going to pray and then doing and helping. There's a relationship between going to church and God's power to help other people. There's a relationship between worship and giving as God gives through worship in word and sacrament as worshipers pass it on, giving to others. People on whom God pours many blessings are people who are doing the right things. Number two in your notes, God blesses people who are willing to be interrupted. Look at Acts 3, verses 2 and 3. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw John or Peter and John about to enter, he asked them what? For money. Now, Peter and John, they have plans. They're going to pray at 3 o'clock. It's the official prayer time. They were about to enter the temple... They hadn't got there yet, but then they were interrupted. God uses people who are willing to be interrupted. How do you feel about that? Are you one of those people who grew up knowing the importance of worship and then being in church and then being there at the right time? Well, some of you, but anyway. In the process of making our plans and working our plans, We've all experienced interruptions, haven't we? 
Right when we were about to do what was very important, there comes a telephone call. Or a neighbor comes to the house. As you are leaving home for, for home after a church service, someone grabs your wife and has to talk to her and pour out their hearts to her. It's tough to deal with interruptions. But God gives. And God blesses people who are willing to be interrupted. Whose schedules are not always so important that they can't help another person. Number one, God blesses people who are doing the right thing. Number two, who are willing to be interrupted. Number three in your notes, God blesses people who pay attention to needs. They are people who pay attention to the needs of others. Look at Acts 3, verse 4. Peter looks straight at him, as did John. Now, Peter and John, they made a choice there. They made a choice between going into the temple and praying and stopping to pay attention to this man's needs. Peter and John both had their own important needs, didn't they? They had a need to worship. They had a need to go into the temple for prayer. Look at the definition in your notes. Givers are not people with less needs than others. That's first we need to know. Givers are not people with less needs than others. Givers are people who understand that it's often through giving that God meets their own needs. You see, people who are the great givers, who are constantly sharing, are not people who don't have any personal needs. Don't think that. Givers just understand that life is giving, not just taking. See, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus had tremendous needs. And he prayed to his Father, Remove this cup from me, not my will, but thy will be done. But Jesus saw our need for salvation. And he gave himself, his life on the cross for us. Sometimes when I read the Bible, my imagination goes wild. Can you think of some of your comments if someone outside the church door this evening was begging and trying to stop us from going in the church? I can think of some of the things that Peter and John could have said, but they didn't. Can, can't you see them saying, it really would be nice to help you, but our service starts in five minutes. We just have to go. You see, you have to have your needs when we don't have something else going on our schedule. Or can you see them saying, Look at all the other people going in the church. Let one of them help you. Am I the only one who can help these people? Do I have to do it all myself? Or can't you see Peter and John saying, What a shame for this beggar to be sitting right outside of our church. It doesn't look right. This beggar was right beside the entrance actually called Beautiful of all places. Or can you, can't you see them saying, Peter... Why is it that every time we come to church, we get hit for money? There is somebody who is always asking for something. Enough said on that one tonight. Or can't you see them saying, we come to church for spiritual food, not to minister and to help others. We are out there and all week long in a dog-eat-dog world. Now we come to church and they expect us to work in church as well. But you see... Characteristic number three, God blesses people who do pay attention to the needs of others. Number four in your notes, 
God blesses people who inspire hope in others. They are people who inspire hope. They are people who lift up. They are people who encourage. Look at Acts 3, verse 5. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. This beggar was there week after week. He begged and he begged. And we have seen beggars before. They hardly even look at us when they're begging. They just beg. But Peter says, look. Look at us. The guy gives them his attention, expecting them to get something from them. Givers do inspire hope. In fact, givers are encouragers. In your notes, you will note the real test for a giver there. Givers are simply people who others like to be around. Others are takers, and you certainly on a bad day will pray, God, keep me away from those people today. They only drag you down more than you already are. They're takers. But givers are people who want, you want to be around. Next characteristic of a giver, number five in your notes. God blesses people who use what they have. They are people who use what they have. Look at Acts 3, verse 6 on the back of your notes. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. And most of us then would stop right there. We say, I just don't have any money. That's it. But Peter continues, what I have, I give you. I will give you what I have. You see, the giver will look for a way to give, to help. Always looking for another avenue to provide support and care. So I want you to look at the transfer account diagram in your notes. On the left side, you have a place to write down some of your talents and your abilities. I have an example or two there from here, from here at St. John. People have the ability, for example, to babysit. So you see babysitting on the left. Now I want you to see that that talent, that ability was given. It was transferred to the account of a single parent who needed some help in the right column. The next line, you might be able to make a good bowl of soup. And you could transfer that to the account of another person by giving soup to a family whose mother is in the hospital. Or perhaps you would drive a car and you could write the name of a person who needs transportation to their doctor's appointment. Try to complete that transfer account this week. And you can see that God blesses people who use what they have. You might ask, but what do I write down? I really don't know what you all could be writing down. But really, what you're going to do with what you got. Number one, God blesses people who are doing the right thing. Number two, who are willing to be interrupted. Number three, who, are, who pay attention to needs. Number four, who inspire hope in others. And number five, who use what they have. And quickly, number six in your notes, God uses people who realize God is their source of giving. They realize that God alone is the source of their giving. Look at Acts 3, verse 6. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. See, God blesses people who realize that everything they have is from God. People who are great givers understand that God is the source. The power and the gift is always from Jesus. Number seven in your notes, God blesses people who are willing to try and then to trust God.
to do the rest. A giver who is willing to try. He goes to the extent of his own efforts. He doesn't hold back. But then he trusts God to do the rest. Look at Acts 3, verses 7 and 8. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. You see, Peter and John could help him up. But that is all Peter and John could do. He picks them up, but he can't make them walk or leap or jump. Peter has done all that he can. But then he trusts God. He trusts God to do the rest. See, note the problem here. Many people in your notes will not try even do what they can because they do not trust God. When people do not give what they do have, when people do not even try, the problem is their lack of faith. I say that with a pastoral heart. When people tell me that they just cannot try, they're saying that they do not trust God to meet their own needs anymore. Note the two definitions in your notes. People of faith are givers. That's the characteristic of a giver. So God blesses others then through givers. They give what they have and trust God to do the rest. Number two, people without faith are the takers. And they take. Takers are people who cannot trust God anymore to meet their own needs. Finally, number eight, in your notes, God blesses people who want God to receive the glory. They want God to receive all the glory in their giving. God blesses people who desire that God and his church and his work be uplifted and that God's kingdom be advanced, not themselves. Look at Acts 3, verse 11 and 12. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? See, Peter is saying, no, God is the source, and God gets the glory. We are only the vehicle. It's God's healing. It's God's power that flows like a river through us to others. So we conclude this evening what you're going to do with what you got. Amen.